I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Dakshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm Rohan Pai, your host for today's episode, and with me I have Bharat and Rahul. Both Bharat and Rahul are tech policy enthusiasts, and today we thought it'd be good to discuss open tech, what open tech is, and possibly what an open tech strategy for India could look like. Before we begin, I'd like Bharat and Rahul to introduce themselves to you. So maybe Bharat first, and then Rahul. Hi everyone. So you might have heard me a couple of times before. So I am Bharat Reddy, and uh, I manage the Tech and Policy program at Takshila. So nice to be here. Yeah, Rahul, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, hi, folks. I'm Rahul. I'm new here. I'm hoping I'll be back here again in the future. I'm a scientific software developer during the week, and on weekends I'm trying to be an amateur policy analyst. Okay, nice. Good to be here. So Rahul actually is on the verge of completing his tech in policy course that we offer. Before we begin, I just like to plug that in. Applications for the next cycle, the next cohort of the GCPP are now open. So we offer three specializations: tech in policy, defense and foreign affairs, and advanced public policy. And along with that, we have also opened up a new program called the Graduate Certificate in Liberal Arts. If any of you are interested, then please do check out our website and the courses we offer. Okay, so coming back to open tech, I thought today's episode maybe we can do it in a slightly interesting format. We'll talk about open tech in maybe four to five different levels, where we'll start at the level of an absolute beginner. Maybe and start by explaining what open tech is to someone who is from grade eight, and then go all the way to the level of an expert. So uh, to start off, I'll I'd like to ask Bharat a question about. what open tech is and what it constitutes and let's keep the definition as basic as possible as if you are explaining it to a grade 8 student yeah uh, thanks to so open tech is basically technology which is free to use study modify and redistribute so what this essentially means is that everybody has access to it and you can trust this technology because whatever that technology does and what the code or any components that are inside you can see and it's transparent to everybody so when we're talking about technology this could mean software it could mean standards it could mean algorithms hardware content it could mean a lot of very broad things right so and the word freedom here i mean the word free to use study modify and redistribute so the free we're talking about is more in the sense of liberty of freedom and not the price of the product so common phrase that is used to put this in context is to think of free as in free speech and not free beer so yeah probably not the right analogy considering we're talking about explaining this to a grade 8 student but yeah <laughs> so yeah these freedoms have evolved from the free and open source software movements and it's probably easier to apply these freedoms to software because of the nature of software which makes it easier to study modify or redistribute but these attributes can be applicable to different uh, extents in standards hardware content and that's what we're going to talk about 
Yeah, sounds good. That's a great introduction for anyone who doesn't know what open tech exactly is. Let's elevate this discussion now and I want to move to let's say Rahul was speaking to an undergraduate student and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the open tech movement is currently being led by open source software at the forefront. So, what applications of open source software are currently in prominent use today and what does the future hold for these technologies? Um, yeah, so this takes me back to my own college days because I was introduced to open source software as a college student. And yeah, my understanding as well is open source software is at the leading edge of open tech and we have open source hardware currently being tried out in a number of different places. So let's say I'm talking to a college student and let's say I'm talking to a science student. Uh, they might be interested in simulating a physics module or maybe a chemical reaction. and in a number of colleges, they might turn to a commercial tool like MATLAB or Mathematica. Instead, they could turn to something free and open source like the Python language and the Python ecosystem. Let's say you're a mechanical engineer and you need to use Autodesk for CAD. Instead of using the commercial Autodesk software, you could use an open source tool like FreeCAD or Blender. Let's say you're an electrical engineer and you need to work on circuits. You may already be using this software called ng-spice and it's open source. So if you're interested, you can actually contribute to the software. And for a college student, let's say they graduate. For most Indian college graduates, statistically speaking, they're ending up as software developers. And let's say once they become software developers, they're working on building user interfaces. Let's say desktop user interfaces or web user interfaces. Qt and WX are two very popular user interface libraries, and both of them are open source. If you're interested in building desktop applications, if you're interested in building web applications, again, you might have heard of things like JavaScript and React and Node and Flask. All of these things, again, are open source. The languages themselves, JavaScript, technically ECMAScript, and Python are also open source. And then finally, most of the internet itself is running on the Linux operating system. And again, Linux is open source. I think at the end of the day, looking into the future, most of these open source software are fit for daily professional use. I work at a company called Enthought, and we've been using open source software day in and day out, and I've been using them for the past seven years. And in the future, I only see open source software getting better because with new people using it, they are going to find bugs in the software, they're going to add new features to the software, they're going to improve documentation for the software, they're going to make it accessible to more people. And companies are also recognizing how vital open source software projects are. So more and more companies are either directly contributing money to the projects so that they can hire people full time, or the companies are hiring people full time and they're asking them to spend their entire day working on the open source projects. So I think open source is here to stay and it's not going away and it's only going to keep getting better. Right. Thanks, Rahul. So I come from a very far off background from anything technical or engineering. So all these terms are really new for me. But based on what you've said, can correct me if I'm wrong, is open source like pre-existing templates, which you can program 
on top of or is it just mostly a set of code that you can create and is viewable for anyone who's using that software so i think it and i think it's a mix of both in the sense that there are open source languages which you can build your application on top of which you can build your applications in there are open source libraries that will help you build your application maybe faster maybe they'll make them look better there are open source examples which you can take a look at which will again help you make your application better which will make it right easier for example the templates that you mentioned there are projects which will help you create templates to be able to write your application quicker and there are open source tools which will help test your application so that you are actually testing or whatever you are building for the people that you are building there does that answer the question yeah that makes a lot of sense i think that's really clears it up for me but coming to the next point right why are discussions on open tech so prominent today like why are we seeing these open tech movements happen what are the benefits that it offers and it would be nice to get perspectives from both of you here because bharat is actually working on an open tech document and rahul you're a free and open source software enthusiast so yeah your inputs on these two questions so yeah i'll go first we can think of the benefits of open source from the perspectives of state market society so when you look at stakeholders across these categories whenever you you think of an a software consumer or an a technology consumer one obvious motivation to prefer open source would be quality product at a low cost and without any vendor lock in right but there are also other motivations like from the perspective of a state given the current geopolitical climate you don't want to be dependent on an adversary so you want strategic autonomy you want economic growth you want skill development and open source softwares i mean open source technologies can give you all of these uh, benefits for an individual user it could mean engaging with a technology that you trust right uh, for example if i'm using a, a news feed application i want to know that the algorithm that's giving me the information is working for me and not an advertiser so i want my news feed curated in a way that works for me in the sense that it gives me the most important news from sources that i trust from authors that i trust so all of this trust is possible only when you know what is inside how it works and open source kind of enables all of these things and even when you look at even from the perspective of a contributor to open source as in the individuals or the companies that are building open source products now there exist monetization models to build a business case around open source it doesn't open source doesn't mean it's free and everyone has access to it without paying anything or there's no business case there are monetization models and you can have a viable business model around an open source technology and also another benefit for a company contributing to open source could mean that could be that they could share a non differentiating feature meaning something basic that everybody uses as an open source you know library and the advantage of this is that you have for example if i take an example uh, google had open sourced their machine learning framework called tensorflow and what happened is that this was a very new technology at that time and when they did that they benefited from the increased adoption of this framework 
uh, as in more people started using it, more people contributed, uh, which led to more innovation. And there was a huge talent pool around it. And now if, and this is a very niche technology, right? So with that increased talent pool, if Google has to hire somebody, they had a, a large talent pool to hire from. So you have a lot of advantages across state, market, and society. And especially given the current geopolitical climate, there's a lot of talk about, you know, open source and how it could uh, be important to all of these stakeholders. Yeah, thanks, Bharat. I think that using that framework of state, society, and market really helps. Rahul, any inputs on the same question? Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about open tech more widely because lots of companies, if not most companies, which build software, sell software, use open source software within them. But more often than not, they don't acknowledge it. And because they don't acknowledge it, they are either intentionally or unintentionally sending a signal to the open source software developers and to developers within their own company. They're sending a signal that the company doesn't exactly value open source work because if they did, you would attribute it. You would talk about it. You would maybe not publicize it, but at least talk about it publicly. So on the one hand, you're signaling to your own developers that the company doesn't value open source work. And at the same time, you're also signaling to the people who are actually building the open source software that they're not being used, or at least you're not telling them that their product is being used. And this ends up leading to issues where the open source developers don't know who is using their projects and they might get demotivated and stop building the software altogether. And in my opinion, the whole point of talking about open tech and talking about it very widely is to ensure that people understand the value it brings to both academia and the industry. And talking about it will at least hopefully do the right signaling that, hey, look, this is important to the academia and the industry, and we are trying to talk to the entire OSS ecosystem. Personally, I think signaling is extremely important. Uh, going back at work, I help maintain a few open source projects. And uh, at some point in 2020, we got to know that two of the projects that I helped maintain at work were used by NASA on their Mars Ingenuity helicopter. This was for all of us at work, a very big thing. We were happy that projects that we were like building and maintaining were being used by, again, a company as popular as NASA, who wouldn't want their software to be used by NASA. And personally, I think that kind of signaling is very, very useful and very important. Like, for example, I would love to know if software that I wrote is being used by ISRO or anything. That would be a huge motivation for me and that will make my days. That is the reason why I think this signaling is very important. And that's the reason why I think we should be talking about open tech more widely. Yeah, thanks to both of you. I think that's a really interesting perspective, actually, on why open source needs to be in more prominence today. But before we move on, I think we'll just pause for a short commercial break and then come back.
All right. So welcome back, everyone. Before we pause for the break, we were just getting into discussions about why it's important to make more people aware of open tech and open source technology. Now, we've covered two levels so far. We've spoken to the grade eight student and the undergraduate student. Now, let's assume that we are discussing with a qualified engineer. How would you explain to them what the current state of affairs with open tech in India is? Uh, the strong and the weak points and what you both think needs immediate attention. So when we look at the current state in India, one big thing that you should look at that comes to, you know, your attention is that is the disparity between the consumption and contribution to open source. Now, for example, GitHub is one of the biggest software development platforms and a large number of open source projects are on GitHub. Now, Indians have a significant presence on the platform. I think we are one of the leading, you know, we have by number of developers on the platform, we are amongst the top countries on the platform. But when it comes to the number of software contributions to open source projects, Indian contributions form a very small portion of these contributions. So one, so this disparity is, is really glaring and you can think of many reasons for this, right? So one could be that the open source culture or the contribution culture is not very strong or well-developed in India. There could be many reasons for this. So if you, one could be that India has become a cutting edge software or a technology contributor in a very short span. So maybe in the past 10, 15 years, we have moved from, you know, uh, business process outsourcing or, or that kind of work to making cutting-edge software products that, you know, are comparable to anything anyone else is making. So while this transformation has happened over a very short span, the ecosystem around contributing to open source or giving back to the community that you're taking from, so all of that is a more organic movement that takes longer to develop. So maybe that has not kept pace with the way the industry has progressed. So that... I think would be a key thing to note. And there are other aspects of open source, like, for example, the open source hardware industry is is in a very nascent stage and some state interventions in this sector could give us a, a big head start and enable us to become a leader in this space. So yeah, that's broadly what I would think. Thanks, Bharat. Rahul? Yeah. So from what I, I have seen, especially over the last five years. I think a strong point is that newer Indian startups are leaning quite heavily towards open tech, especially open source software. And again, echoing what Bharat just said, I think there's a lot of cutting edge work that is being done in India by Indian startups, but not necessarily in India by, let's say, at an MNC. And a thing that I used to hear from people, let's say a decade back or two decade back, two decades back, that they need to move to the West to be able to do cutting edge work isn't true anymore. Like you can do cutting edge work from India. You can do cutting edge work from home in India. But at the same time, I think a weak point is it's not clear, it's not obvious how relevant open source software is to some of the established players in the Indian software industry. So Again, I've talked to people who are quite young, let's say they're just getting started in their career. And I've talked to people who have a decade, if not more of experience in the software industry. And somebody young has the 
is able to take a risk and jump head first and adopt open source software let's say they pick up a language like python and they get familiar with the python ecosystem because they are young enough that they can take a risk and see how well it's going to pay off but the problem is if you're an established engineer then you might want to play it safe and you might end up sticking to an established uh, commercial software like let's say an oracle or let's say a matlab and you might not have the ability to jump over into an open source of software again especially because the companies aren't telling you how important it is it is to them and in my personal opinion there are two things that need immediate action on the industry side i think the established players the big software companies in india need to communicate better how they are using open source software and this i think is going to be a good signal to everybody who is involved in software because they then will be able to understand okay if i want to upskill myself here is where i can upskill myself so that i can stay relevant and be relevant to the software industry in general and on the other side on the academic side i think very important for the government to heavily incentivize and maybe eventually mandate the use of open source software over commercial alternatives again where possible i keep bringing up the academic side because i'm quite heavily influenced by the experience that i had during my undergrad i picked up most of the open source tools that i did when i was in undergrad and like i'm in the place that i am now because the ways in which i was able to use open source software at that time so i think both of these things are important both on the industry side and on the academic side the things that the government needs to do yeah thanks rahul i think you've let the discussion perfectly into what was going to be my next question this is a question again for both of you based on the information that you've just given our listeners what are some recommendations that can be made to regulators at this point on you know how to develop this culture of open source and open source technology usage let me start with uh, this so i think we can think of a couple of broad ideas about how we should approach open source and one of them is that any technology purchased through taxpayer funding should be preferably open source right i say preferably maybe there can be exceptions like if it's something related to national security or in those kind of contexts you can make exceptions but generally it should be open source now for example if a government school were to purchase a learning management system if that software is an open source software then all schools big and small across the country whether public or private uh, will be able to have access to it so and this is purchased using taxpayer funding so it should it need not be restricted only to government schools so this could apply across um you know different government institutions different arms of the government and it can have a transformative effect across the country right so this could enable access to technology basically firstly and it could also force the bigger tech companies to make their uh, offerings to the government open source and what that does is it allows other startups other smaller companies to build on top of that to innovate on top of that and to you know make create somethings something that's a quality product that's and they can uh, scale it up and you know provide something unique that a bigger company might not be able to do so it enables a lot of different things by just this one kind of an approach and another idea would be that 
we should not think of open source as something that we need to restrict to uh, India or to our state or or something like that. Now, when the government can, for example, think of funding open source projects that are of interest to the government or to the public in general, and this funding need not be restricted to open source projects created out of India or by Indians. It could be a global open source project, say, done by someone in a different country. And now the benefit of this is not going to be only to exclusively to us. It's going to benefit the broader global community. But the thing is that by doing this, we are advancing values that we as a nation believe in. So constitutional values like like equality or liberty. So all of these are uh, kind of building blocks of open source technologies, right? Because you have the freedoms that it comes with and the equality in the access to it, to technology. So all of these values also get promoted as part of endorsing open source technologies. So and then there could be a a lot of other you know recommendations to coordinate our. Uh, for example, it could you could have an open source program office to coordinate policies, adoption, and contribution to open source projects across the country. So this could be maybe a a statutory body under Métis, which would work with different state governments and different government agencies to ensure that it makes it easier for uh, for departments to adopt open source, to contribute to it, to build a community around it. So a lot of things which are right now very uncoordinated and maybe there's a lot of duplicity of efforts. All of these could come together and it could magnify the effect that it could have. So... These would be some of the broad recommendations. I mean, there could be a lot of different specific recommendations to address both the supply side, the, I mean, the demand, the contribution side, the adoption side, all of these things. But some of the broader recommendations could be these. Thanks, Bharat. You also touched upon the geostrategic aspects that I was going to discuss later on. But before we go to that, Rahul, any inputs on this question? I just had one thing that came to mind to add to everything that Bharat just said. When we're talking about regulators, I think they can and should be a better umpire, taking some of the terminology I've picked up in GCPP. I think what I mean by being a better umpire is uh, most of the permissive open source software licenses uh, require the users and the people who are redistributing it to attribute them in one way or the other. And I think ensuring that companies are providing clear and easy to find attribution will again, like going back to what I mentioned earlier, will provide a good and meaningful positive signal to the open source and open tech ecosystem in general. A few great examples are uh, the Firefox browser by Mozilla, the Chrome browser by Google, and the Android operating system. They have very easy and accessible listings of all the open source software that are used within them and the licenses for those open source software. Yeah, thanks Rahul. I think now is the right time to move to the next level. Let's assume that the qualified engineer uh, came to Takshashila and completed the tech and policy course. He is now a qualified policy wonk. So like I said, we want to uh, delve into the geostrategic aspects further. So, Bharat, what are the geostrategic benefits for India if they choose to focus more on open tech? I would broadly think that from a strategic perspective, you can think of 
autonomy in relation to the technology that we use it and you can think of economic growth and skill development all of these things right so when I, when you think of strategic autonomy we have seen what the power the power of sanctions when it comes to the russia ukraine conflict how and you don't want an adversary to have that kind of leverage over us now obviously we're not going to do something you, you don't want to be in a situation where someone imposes sanctions but if that you don't want an adversary to have that kind of leverage and given the nature of supply chains whether it's hardware supply chains or or software you know the products that we use you want to have some kind of a autonomy in that your critical infrastructure for example is not dependent on someone who can choose to deny it if we don't if things are not if if such a situation were to arise and economic growth for example would it's been a lot of reports have shown that the benefits of open source are you know it has a lot of trickle down benefits which which lead to a multiplier effect on the economy so when an open source software is created and it's available for multiple companies to build on top of all of those benefits will lead to uh, economic growth which benefits the country as a whole and the when we have also engineers contributing to these uh, these tools you you will have a lot of people becoming skilled in in the technologies that are that are cutting edge that are being adopted across the world and those kind of things are what we are trying to do right you you want high skilled uh, labor force working on the technologies of the future and that is something you can get by working on open source technologies so yeah broadly these would be the areas that uh, i think would be of geostrategic importance to india thank you so much bharat i think those are some really interesting perspectives to bring to the table sticking to the policy wonk level i'd like to maybe throw it out for any last comments from you both on open tech in india open tech strategy for india and what you both think could be the immediate next steps and how you imagine it could be in the long term so i would think that overall the the costs of open tech far outweigh the benefits we have seen this with multiple open source technologies that the amount of effort that is gone in is is being used by a lot of people and a lot of times what it's the contribution culture is not present and we're not able to keep that viable so there is a need for to build that kind of a contribution culture where it's not just the use that is uh, adoption that is widespread but also the giving back to the open source community and so addressing some kind of a government intervention to address this discrepancy between consumption and contribution would be very important and yeah and it's it's obviously very crucial especially given the changing geopolitical climate and our dependence on critical infrastructure should not should be on a technology that we can we can trust and we can um, basically we can control so yeah yeah rahul any final comments from you yeah so bharat gave a very good idea of what the government should be doing i sort of want want to shift the focus to the individual and and specifically you the listener and i want to understand are you able to participate in open tech or open source software is is your company 
able to participate in open source software why like if you're not able to then why why are you not able to why is your company not able to and i think another important and interesting question is if you are able to then what is different about you what is different about your company that you're able to participate in open source and open tech i think that's actually an important question to ask because we shouldn't just assume that people who have free time are going to contribute to open source people who are bachelors are going to contribute people who have disposable income and are able to have more free time are able to contribute so yeah that that's a thought that i have and that's one thing that i just want to throw out there yeah perfect i think that's a good bunch of thought provoking questions for our listeners to think about the future of open tech and open tech strategy in india we'll be ending the podcast on that note and i want to thank both rahul and bharat for being a part of this episode rahul this is your first time and it was really great to hear some of your inputs on open tech and even bharat you have an open tech document coming out soon so good luck for that and i hope everyone's excited to read some of the components of that document thank you both thanks ron thank you ron all right see you guys If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle. at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in